It's quite a heavy car, aren't they? It's, so it's, it's two like, and a half tons, and yet it's the quickest gun on the road. <laughs> 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 oh, there goes my stomach. <laughs> Because it's so heavy, yeah, it's, it's impossible to roll and it sticks because yeah. it's just a layer of batteries yeah. and two little engines at the front and the back, yeah. and, and that's it. <laughs> the rest is like SpaceX chassis, you know, like the. I was thinking last night, future, not just like with technology and stuff, but community and relationships. That's what kind of I'm more interested in conversation around. How are our relationships and our connection with one another and the earth and animals evolving to a place where we're more in harmony? Like, I suppose there's that phase, like, the people that love peace need to organise themselves as well as the people that love war. How can we, like, integrate love as the standard of connection with... Something I think about all the time is... <laughs> is <it>? the, <laughs> the, uh, the notion of business and community yeah. and how, how we spend more time at work than any other relationship in life. Right. And I'm not sure businesses have taken on that responsibility and really thought about it and are conscious of the fact that we need to be considerate of the fact that businesses are responsible for the fabric of our society. Wow. And for me, we don't, we don't as business leaders and people that are running businesses think enough about culture of a business and that, that's the thing that keeps me up at night when I, I, I'm running a business is, is Your whether people feel great about coming to work yeah. because if they don't we're in real trouble because you, you think about relationships in life we've yeah. all had a bad boyfriend, girlfriend yeah. husband, wife been in that sort of relationship and it's been pretty negative mm. and pretty bad, bad place to be and you, mm. you're probably at your worst the both of you mm. and for me workplaces a lot of workplaces I'd say up to 90 percent mm. are bad places to be and, and people are spending the majority of the time in these places that the bad place to be so what do they do they become a you know, not as good a person as they could be and, mm. and society starts to suffer so we as business leaders need to take on this responsibility of providing the best possible workplace we can provide. And for me, it's, governments have to start to regulate this in a sense, where rather than, you know, you get politicians talking about tax cuts and how that'll make business thrive and growth occur, and it's all about the numbers, which are important. Mm. But tax cuts should be only given to companies that provide wonderful cultures. Mm. And then as a result of that, we're going to get a much better society. That's wicked. So, That's so cool, man. Yes. I love that, how obvious that is to you. So this whole notion of rather than just rewarding for growth and numbers and, and like businesses having a business plan, they need to have a culture plan as well. And the culture plan needs to be as important as the business plan. And why do you think it's not? A lack of education, a lack of lack of a need for leaders to be authentic. Right. I think back 20, 30 years ago, you you, you weren't, there weren't things like social media, there, there weren't things like uh, the amount of information that we were able to access and learn about how others were doing things. Yeah. So that creates this accountability and sense of need to, to become better. Yeah. Um, there, are, there are some you know, 
the challenging things about social media, but there's also some really good things because it brings to life the reality of how people are. Mm. And so you could get away with compartmentalizing your life and justifying that, you know, I can be a different person at work than I am at home. And how they do this is, is that my, my family comes first and then I can go and be as brutal as I need to be at work because I'm doing this all for my family. Yeah. And and that's yeah, that's right. an old-fashioned notion, but it is a notion that exists with the generation before us. And, and, and unfortunately, still a lot of them think that way, yeah. that it's okay to be someone completely different to who you are at work than you are at home. And I see, you see it all the time. People suit up. Yeah. Who wears a suit on the weekend? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you suiting up? Is that to bring on a different person, a different aura, to sort of yeah. bring on this sense of um, superiority? Totally. That's absolutely not necessary. <laughs> so we're getting found out these days yeah. that you can't do that. And you can't compartmentalise. And, and there's a generation demanding more of our leaders saying, no, it's not on for you to act like that or be like that. So the disingenuous is, is a keystone from what you're saying to me. That's like right. The fact that it's insincere <laughs> as a human being to um, have a front, which I, I feel like you sense in your personal life if you've got someone that's like, you know, fronting. <laughs> that's right. Um, and so I suppose if you sniff it in business, it's kind of become the social standard. So people expect it or, ex- you know, they do expect it. I, I kind of expect certain people in an organisation to have that. Exactly. And why? What's that? Wow. <laughs> why is that fair? Yeah. Why is that acceptable? And you know, obviously, there's there's appropriate times for people to dress up out of respect and mm. those sorts of things. That's that's when they I go home to that. their family. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> Put a suit on to say hello to your wife at the end of the day. Correct. Out of respect. <laughs> You're dressed up. <laughs> That should be it though. Yeah, like, at least exactly. that's one way to actually flip it. Bring love to it, hey? That's Bring a creative way for an organisation to go, hey, yeah. let's just be relaxed and make, have fun at work. Yes. <laughs> let's dress up for our wives at home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And husbands. Yeah. That's why I meditate every time I get, get home from a, a long day so as I can yeah. be in my best possible state for my wife. Right. I'll take, take the 20 minutes out. Great. It's the soul's way to put a suit on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dress my soul up. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> That's really good, man. And you do it in the morning as well? We do it in the morning, yeah. So I've actually just gotten back into doing it twice per day. My wife's done it twice per day for four years now, so she's a much better person than me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I've noticed that she is, so now I'm trying to join her and I've gone back into twice over the last four weeks. Noticed so that she is. Look out. So that's why I'm coming up with these all these amazing understandings of what's going on with this yeah. society. So ever since it's I started meditating want. twice a day. <laughs> no, I did start out twice a day for about uh, three, four months. Yeah. And that got you like three or four minutes. Yeah. <laughs> three, four months. I should have held for a little longer there. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and that guided us through the most challenging times in business. You know, right. I, had a, I had a lot of people confront me and say you can't meditate through your way to profits. Really? Yeah, they Tell sort of me about ridicule that. me and sort of give me a hard time out of not 
getting more stressed about the situation and trying to deal with it. Get more stressed. Well, yeah, that'll, that'll fix it. Yeah. <laughs> so, what made you go against that? Uh, well, it felt like the right thing to do. And look, the, 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 the benefits were noticeable and the focus on the issue that was primed and right in front of you at that moment became laser-like rather than concerning yourself with events that had come gotcha. earlier in the day or yep. that were to come later. It enabled me to focus on what I could do now and I've always had this intuitive sense that focusing on your circle of influence was a, was the most important thing to advance your career and advance your influence. Right. And so the things you can control and then as a result of doing what you can control very, very well, um, your circle becomes a little larger and you know if you do, if you do that with the right intention yeah. other people wish to follow and they want to become part of that circle and feels like it happens quite naturally and you're in flow, you're I've, in flow I've, yeah. I've confused people when people have asked me how are you feeling and I've said I'm in flow <laughs> what do you mean by flow <laughs> <laughs> well, you know when you've got those days where everything's falling into place and effortless fashion yeah that's when uh, you're in flow and I think that the if we can aspire to doing that as humans, and we will have a better place. I mean, it makes so much sense to create a sustainable sources of energy. You know, mm. The whole sense of whether you know, creating a, a greenhouse or, or not mm. really doesn't matter. It's spitting toxins into the world. And if I go to a place like China and where in Shanghai, you're four to five times more likely to end up with lung cancer. Jeez. Uh, Killing ourselves as well as the world. Oh my us. god! Um, you cannot see more than ten meters ahead of you. I don't want to live in a city like that or a country yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so for that sense, well, why wouldn't we make the world more sustainable? If you, you just need to go and visit one of those places that are heavily polluted, and you, you see that what could be if we're not aware of what we're doing. Yeah. It's no. a non-argument. <laughs> Exactly, and that's about how can you access the people that are making the big decisions in systematically and culturally and business money, money. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's a it's a challenging thing to do. You need to speak their language in a sense, um, right. and and connect with them on the on on a level that helps them understand and respect what you're talking about. Right. So you you, you have to show that you can be successful in what they're successful in or, and then and show that there's alternate ways to doing that and be even more successful better. well that's exactly what Elon's done isn't it yes, in the exactly. States his, his company is more successful than the whole oil industry in the US more valuable than more valuable. any other US car company line ball with GM so it's amazing yeah and the opportunity is so much bigger as a result of thinking that way so you do you feel hopeful for humanity in that sense? Like seeing people like him and obviously people like yourself as well that are causing positive impact change in a real, real way? I think that we're, we're not alone. Yeah. There are a lot of us that want to see society in a better state than it is. And, and we're yeah. seeing yep. various things happening in the world that are worrying, but also things that are really positive as well. And, There'll always be this balance of good and bad. Yeah. Um, and finding somewhere in the middle is, is what we do naturally as humans. And if you look at our trajectory as, as a race, 
there's a little less killing going on. And, and we're talking, we're having these conversations now that wouldn't have happened many years ago. Maybe they were, but they, they weren't. They weren't recorded like this or easily yeah. accessible, so that we could connect on mass and yep. um, and and help each other build on the momentum we're creating around this kind of sense of a better world. So, yeah, yeah. You, you, meeting someone like Richard Branson recently and his his goal to to to, to make changes and, yep. and ignite change and unite people. Uh, behind great causes is, is pretty unique. Is it? And and you you know you talk about Elon and and, and, and what he's doing and, and he's living it out. And both those guys are, are trying to fly beyond this planet as well. So yeah, yeah, they're, true. They're both doing true. rockets and, and so forth. So it's pretty interesting talking to him about yeah. him and Bezos, who's the, the Amazon guy. He lives at he lives an island across from Necker Island. Wow. And and so the three of those guys do catch up and talk and it's competitive obviously yeah, um, but that's good yeah but they, they do they do talk about um, the future and, and and getting rockets up into space because you know I think that that helps us advance as a race and gives us perspective on us as a mm. you know there's a sense of when you look down on this planet that we have it's very very precious mm. and a lot of astronauts talk about that and I think the more people that get to see that Perhaps we'll have great empathy for how much we need to look after this place. That's awesome. That's an effective way to awaken people, isn't it? <laughs> for them to experience. And that's why I t- learn through meditation as well. Like yeah. having that direct experience with uh, much greater energy and un- unity. Like, because I think that's what I care about most is like unifying our race, unifying our people. And I'd love, I think love is such an intelligent force. And um, I'd love to see it really like running the world you know and it, it, it does actually make me happy like here in your direct experience with people like Richard Branson they're actually are genuinely really good people and they really care <laughs> that's right and I, I think that it's difficult to thrive in this world that now has so much more accountability in place through technology what do you mean by that? well you get found out if you're not who you are. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> and if you don't, you know, if you... If, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so you... So you, social media is exposing the disingenuous, really? I think so. Or, or, I mean, or Donald Trump's pretty hard to, demand, to see through. Exactly. <laughs> it demands more of our leaders, demands more of our businesses, demands more of people in society. So uh, it can bring it... It can magnify the bad as much as it magnifies the good. So, yeah, right. So they, this tool is... Bringing, advancing humankind in one way or another, yeah. but it's, um, it's pretty, I mean, in, along the way, it's bringing out some pretty ugly things. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but maybe that needs to be brought to bear to be dealt with. True. Or, no, I think it does. It might have been always. It was always there in the shadows. Yeah. But now it's being brought to bear. It's been made made alive, and we're, we're being asked as humans, do we want this or not? So. Well, that's um, definitely true of our own issues, like my own problems or anything. If I don't bring them to light. They don't really resolve. That's right. So, so I suppose as a collective yeah. consciousness, if they're not collectively brought to rise, they're not going to resolve. Exactly. Purging. Purging. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. We always see some ugly stuff. Yeah. Well, Dad, Dad's a integrative uh, doctor. 
oh, and cool. the integrative doctors about preventative medicine as well as fix-it medicine oh, awesome. and combining the two. So the patient's as healthy as they possibly can be to deal with whatever chronic disease they may be dealing with. Oh, wow. And so he was one of the first people to talk about diet causing disease back in the 70s in conventional medical circles. He was laughed at as a professor of, of surgery. Oh, really? And he was laughed at back then when he was talking about food and so forth. And now, obviously, things have changed a lot and exercise too and all those things. So yeah. he's done a lot of work around meditation and it's, it's, uh, he's, he's chairman of the Gawler Foundation where you know, they're, they're focused on providing cancer sufferers with meditation and training them in, in that modality. Really and he, he's also now on this whole um, other dynamic where he, he, he believes you know, meditation, diet, and being in the best possible space we can be to deal with chronic disease is really, really important. Yeah. But he also sees that unloading is really essential. Yeah, right. And unloading is this conversation yeah. like we're having now and we're talking about the issues of the world or the things that are concerning us. Yeah, yeah. And and, and that's why things like, he, he always points to things like going for a coffee is a great thing with someone else. So you're having that chat or you're doing something that's kind of creating an air of ability to, to unload. That's that's really interesting. And so yeah, it's an interesting thing that's intuitively kind of fallen off after now seventy six years of what a legend to, to health and wellness. Um, one of the things he's most passionate about is is the way that the mind works in causing disease, and that definitely rubbed off on me. That's such an interesting whole. And I, that's a massive conversation. I'd love to dive deeper on that one another time. But yeah. my dad's a GP, and he even he, says that. Oh, yeah. By nature of dad just going to his patient, just having positive outlook or reassuring them that they're okay, yeah. that he says that's 90% of fixing them. <laughs> exactly. Hey? That's, that's why you're such a special soul. <laughs> Jump in, right? <laughs> I'm nervous. <laughs> it's not a, I was doing my sort of nervous two foot <laughs> sort of start. Wow. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> that is awesome. I love the sphygma core that sort of lights up here on the right. Here. Yeah. Sort of let it rip. Power usage. And how'd you get into meditation? Um, <laughs> let you take off. <laughs> so how'd you get into meditation? <laughs> and then just transcend home space. <laughs> um, I got into meditation because I was. Um, I grew up real Christian. Then I left the church. I left going to church because I wanted more. I wanted a greater understanding of what God was. It just didn't. Um, and and then I I got pretty depressed because I was like my mind was because um, I didn't have that spiritual connection anymore. So then I, I, after seeing a psychologist for a bit um, and eating well, I, the other main thing that got me out of it was um, meditating. I did it for like nine months every day, non-negotiable, and then I kind of noticed my brain change. So I'm, oh, I'm, wow. obs I'm obsessed with it now. Who, like who I, taught you the meditation the first time? Well, I, I taught myself. I we just went to taught some yourself. Buddhist thing. I just went to some Buddhist things and Googled it. Um, but that was like it five years ago. It must have been ago. your... Your purpose to do meditation? Yeah, I think so. I think like to, and to to be able to do it yourself and learn it yourself is an amazing. Well, not the exact same thing that 
Johnny taught us. Yeah, but exactly. Um, but to, to be able to, to learn a discipline of doing it for nine months and to notice the difference. Yeah. I mean, it, it took me years to find a great coach. Yeah. I practiced it. I've been to mindfulness workshops and I, I grew up doing Japanese ink brush painting where you do meditation oh, before cool. you kind of paint and um, creative dance, which I'd stopped. I want to one. see a bit of that. Yeah, it's just awesome. <laughs> you can sometimes see it Friday nights at really cool nightclubs. Well, not anymore. Yeah. Back in the day. I love that stuff. <laughs> and then, uh, and then the, and then yoga and so forth. But it was yeah. never something I could pick up as a discipline beyond those sorts of learning workshops. Oh right. Until I, I met Johnny, who is an amazing teacher. But for yes, you to, isn't it? Yeah. To teach yourself is extraordinary. It worked, and then I think it was like four years in, in Johnny's technique or the Vedic yep. transcendental just resonated. Was the easiest, was the most effortless yes. form of meditation. The, all, all the other Buddhist ones um, found a bit too much effort. Yeah. Um, well, you look forward to it, don't you? Yeah, totally. It's, you know you're in in flow when you're looking forward to meditation. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> true. Yeah, it's definitely has a transformative effect on your life. Mm. It's nicer when it's a little bit lower as well because you stick a bit more. Yeah. Perfect. Exactly what we need. <laughs> exactly what we need. <laughs> 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 little kick. <laughs> little kick. <laughs> I think it's all wheel. I think every wheel's going. That is really cool. That really dripped around that corner. Didn't it? <laughs> but it doesn't screech. The wheels no. don't slide out. Um, must be something about the weight or the dynamics of the yeah. distribution yeah. of it that keeps it so stable. <laughs> I love hearing about the business integration or the business being a real. I mean, th I think that's why I naturally I, I did one post about meditating in businesses, and I got a bunch of people like, "Hey, can you come to my business and do it?" That's proof in itself that there's a real need within organisations to have that kind of mindfulness. Yes. Um, and so that's quite positive, even in itself. I think so, and I think the one thing is that as humans, we we do need to be held accountable. So as much as yeah. the leaders need to provide a better workplace, that better workplace needs to be driven by performance and outcomes. Yeah. Right. So any times I've I've kind of put in initiatives in, into businesses that I've worked with where you know they're full culture, it's important to do that. But there needs to be a sense of, well, if we're not accountable to results, mm. it, it's, then it can't be sustainable. Gotcha. Corporately sustainable. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it doesn't work as well. So if you're to give out a reward, like we did, we gave people a day off every time there wasn't a public holiday. Now, we did that originally, and we just did it willy-nilly. Everyone would get it. Yeah. And you'd get a day off when there wasn't a public holiday. Yeah. Fantastic yeah, place great. to work and so forth, and I could organised plumbers and so forth to come on that day per month and we had we de definitely had a decrease in sick leave yeah. um, and, and the place was a better place to work but what I noticed after a while was taken for granted. People saw it as that they, they had to have their H&H &H day which is health and happiness day right. and, uh, and, and it was their right oh, hang on the whole intent of this was to make it actually an aspirational thing to have yeah. in the workplace and something that should be cherished yeah so we actually turned it into something you needed to, to earn right and you'd have to have a conversation with your manager about how you're performing whether things were going well or not and that yeah. would force this situation where you're coached on the job yeah talk to talk about how you can improve and right 
encourage conversations to occur on performance. And that's so important. So kind of like a performance review? Yeah, but no, but the performance like review can't be so... It, it's the, the performance review is something that's so structured. It forces the conversation every three or six months. Yeah. And look, that's it's an important thing to have, but I think that that's the, the early instrument of where, we've, where we're heading, yeah. which is where we need to head in the more sustainable is where you've got permission to learn in the workplace yeah yeah and permission to be coached in the workplace and coaching should be seen as a positive thing so many people when they're getting feedback they go oh no what's this mean it's a bad thing and we react so negatively to it yeah but really we should be so thankful and saying thanks yeah. for the, the opportunity for me to become better yeah thanks for letting me know about yeah. what i need to do to improve so so if that that's coming from a great place or a positive place Mm. You create this much better work environment. I always like liken it to sporting teams where right. you know they've got two halves of soccer or football going on and, and, and the coach talks to the players about how to improve all week and they have training sessions and then they've even got a half-time break to talk with the coach about yeah. what they can do better. Yeah. Now, if those players were turning around and back-chatting to the coach, that'd be a pretty dysfunctional team. That's true. But if the players were excited about the coach and what they had to say and offer and, and respected the coach, they're going to be a much better team. Yeah. Now, in the workplace, we don't have that situation where we've got the coach and people looking forward to learning from more from the skills coach or the, the defensive coach and how they can improve in those sorts of areas. Yeah. We need to have a workplace that's thriving with this energy of communication, open, honest communication. Right. And it needs to be safe to communicate too. And yeah. So so they, these are dynamics that will improve our workforces tenfold if we have this situation where there's permission to give feedback and it's truly seen as a gift. Yep. So it's like going to a personal trainer. We go to personal trainers to, to get fit and we want them to encourage us. Can you imagine if the personal trainer said to us, oh, <laughs> 10 push-ups and halfway through, oh, you're looking really tired. <laughs> this is not going to work out for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to work out for you. Why have I got the trainer? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we pay these people to help sure. us get fit and encourage us to do that. Yeah. Why can't the workplace be like that? Why yeah. aren't we encouraging each other? Why aren't we actively thinking about how we can improve? I suppose it needs to feel better? like this mutually beneficial That's thing. Right. And so I suppose there's something about a corporate structure that feels like like it's... <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. Was that a first? Let's get out of here. Let's get out. Of I think we can get out of here pretty quick. <laughs> Just as we're talking about feedback. Hey? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. In the time. same way, driver feedback loops in the same way. He wants the best for us. Exactly. Thank you for that. I'll be a much better driver after that. Like I work in a small team and I work with my friends and it feels like we have the it's a brothership yeah, love exactly. it feels like it's a brotherhood so love you, so you um, can have that conversation and you feel like it's safe to have it don't yeah you? and I can feel like I, like I've cried in front of them there's an authenticity there and, and yet yeah. we still kick goals yeah um, I mean like are we moving in smaller teams is there this inherent mistrust in a corporate environment I think that there, there will be more inherent mistrust in corporate environments we're seeing that through the rejection of traditional political parties mm. a lot of upheaval going on with corporates as they are and, mm. and, and, and workers asking for more and, and expecting more which I think is an important thing that needs to happen so 
so we're seeing this social change occur and, and, and also we're seeing people wanting to fragment and, and be in smaller organisations mm. rather than the big corporate. It's not, not so much an aspiration of the, the best students to go and work for the largest corporations. Right. Uh, this book called Steel and Fire. I don't know if you've heard of it, and, but it talks about the Silicon Valley entrepreneurs and also the Navy SEALs and how they all um, sink into this level of consciousness that is very much in flow. Like in the Navy SEALs example, they all lead and expect to be led as well. So if the one person in front's looking left, they're looking right, and they w work and move for a place like a this incredible yeah. collective. Yes. Or organism <laughs> um, and they do that in Silicon Valley like, I think they use the Google Heads as an example of the CEO that they hired that flipped the company into organised the chaos yeah yep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah um, look, I, and I, I feel like that, that that's what happened to us at Swiss is that we had a much smaller team than everyone we competed against yeah. we had a, a team that were highly dynamic highly aware of our strategy in tune with it and whenever any one of us wasn't in the room the other would do what we'll do as a collective team cool. we're all there to, together that's cool and we also balanced each other's weaknesses out extraordinarily well so yeah it was a, it was a really unique mix that that's enabled awesome. us to be extraordinarily successful so and it felt natural like did you kind of all fall into that place or did you hire to make that place or yeah a lot of the people that I've worked with well everyone came from another industry so that was really important for us right a lot of the people the majority of the people that I worked closely with um, all, were all great friends before they worked with me so yeah people say there used, there used to be this old adage where you, you couldn't you shouldn't hire your friends or family yeah yeah that's because you you, you can't can't be your real self. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> That's where it comes from, isn't it? Yeah, well, <laughs> I think that that's what they're kind of averted from. Is that that's why you can't work with your mates because you might be. Might this friendship be, is insincere. Exactly. <laughs> so, or the reverse. Work is insincere. Right. So, yeah. so, so yeah. for me, it was you know we have working at Village Roadshow. I worked in the, the candy bar where I worked with my mates. And, yeah. I had to get respect through actions and yeah. so forth as I started to lead in, in that environment. Yeah. And you know, I took that all the way through to, to corporate and, and leadership roles across big organisations where it was a great thing to work with friends because I, I knew what I was going to get. We had great trust, admiration for each other's work. And as a result of that, we were able to get through some extraordinary difficult times. That's so cool. Um, through you, camaraderie and through that sense of flow and, and connection. That's wonderful, isn't it? And how joyful is it to work in a space like that? Oh, it's, there's nothing better. And that's part of that, looking forward to coming to the workplace. As you mentioned, oh, you've man. got great bonds with the people that you work with. If you look forward to going to work, no. you're completely <laughs> winning. <laughs> well, you're in a better mood. And when we're in a better mood, you know, we all strive to be in a better mood because we know we function better as humans. So we, yeah. we make better decisions. We, we think larger, we, we, we're able to cope with stress and the things that come up in everyday life if we're in a better space. So yeah. why not have mechanisms that help you be in that place faster, like great friends who bring the best out of you, so, yeah. or family. So, yeah. so those, those, those things were a huge part of why we were successful at Swiss. Is 
you know, doing things a little differently, disrupting in the in the, in the form of providing a great culture workplace that then would reinvent the way things were done and that created this, this huge momentum and a, a wonderful result where we ended up selling our business for, for one of the largest private sales um, that were ever done in Australia. Wow. So, so Jeez, life's man. pretty good these days. Although, <laughs> although when we had zero profit and 70 million worth of debt, it didn't feel that way. <laughs> but I knew all we needed was just a bit of time. <laughs> What, what was it about you, like how you had the surety to go, now this is the way, and kept coming back to it in the face of all the challenges that it sounds like you got? Yeah, it's like, a great question. Was that part of you that really cares or like knew so surely? I think there is that, that, that connection to intuition rather than just the intellect. And we would regularly do what intuitively felt right and, and dig really deep in, in the sense of is this going to get the result we're aiming for and as I said the things that would concern me of a, of a, of a night time would be is our workplace a place that enables people to thrive and feel great about themselves awesome. and bring out the best about themselves so why did you want that though? Because, it, again, it feels like that we, we can only be at our best if we provide the best for people. And yeah. That, that's a sense of accountability for me as much as on our team. And every single person was responsible for creating what we, what we had and, and the culture of the place. And as a result of that, and, 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 and you know, me showing a, a humanness that was concerned about those things, but also would point out when I got things wrong. Yeah enable others to sort of talk about when they got things wrong and I think you've learned most from failure um, if you look at uh, Elon and some of his work that they learn most from when a rocket doesn't work <laughs> it works and they, they, they actually go into what goes wrong and, and they, they learn so much from it to create a better rocket and it's the same in, in everyday life and everyday workplaces is that we tend to not reflect enough on what goes wrong yeah yeah because we go into negative space. Well, why not look at it? Yeah, it's a bad thing. Yeah, great. We'll get over that. Now let's look at how the positives we can bring out from that experience and become right. a better business as a result of that. So and I think we did that really well. So that was your pushing into pain or like going into the negatives and that's why you probably created such a healthy ecosystem in the company is because you weeded out any darkness that was there. Exactly. It was confronting. Yeah. So for some people that was not... They weren't comfortable, so I would say we'll, we'll let you You're go. fired. We'll let you go to somewhere where you'll be much happier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Somewhere miserable. That's <laughs> <laughs> where you can be miserable. That's great. We're going to ask more of you. Yeah. And we want yeah. you to, to contribute and, and, and be authentic and, 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 and throw your full self into it. That's confronting. Um, but that confrontation... Um, enabled great success and enable our, our, our workplace to be as authentic as it possibly could be. That's awesome. Um, hey, thanks, man. Thank you. That was really, Cheers really, for that. I love the chat. Great to catch up. <laughs>